the state of our union is strong. Thank you. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. And good night. Mic drop. <laughs> Why did I? I got the feeling that something right. Oh, that's why. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. I ain't scared. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. From Pacifica Radios, KPFK in Los Angeles, this is your broadcast as heard on 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM San Diego, 99.5 FM Ridgecrest in China Lake, up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast, and 106.7 FM Queso in Cozy Cottage Grove. Out in Pennsylvania on 93 FM WLRI in Lancaster. Out in Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui. And now on AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Also coast to coast and around the globe on kpfk.org. And streaming live on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Radio or Not, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Nashville, and of course, Radio Sputnik, five days a week. I am Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us today for another thrilling, action-packed adventure. I am live in the KPFK studios. I had been hoping, see, uh, the best laid plans. I had been hoping uh, to take your calls to talk about uh, President Obama's State of the Union speech last night, his final one of his administration. That is, if he doesn't stay in office, bum, 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 as the uh, as some on the right say, he's never going to leave. Anyway, uh, I had hoped to talk about that. We will still talk about that. I will still try to take your calls at 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-KPFK. If you have any thoughts on uh, on Tuesday night's State of the Union address, we will get to that in a moment. But I'm going to push all of that back because something very important is happening out here in California, something very important that is going to uh, potentially, I would say almost certainly, going to affect the rest of the country. I will get to that and my guest in a moment. Uh, I do want to say welcome, however, to our newest affiliate partner. I'm very happy about this. Uh, the great KTNF, AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota up there in Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh, now uh, is uh, picking up the broadcast. I am thrilled, really thrilled, to be back on KTNF in Minnesota, one of my favorite stations uh, from the five years or so that I was guest hosting the Mike Malloy Show. Always great to talk to folks up in, uh, up in uh, Minnesota and KTNF. My thanks to Ian Levitt, the program director, the host of uh, the great The Daily Report over there on AM 950. And to all the tech folks who have been fighting computer gremlins night and day for the last week or so to get us on the air to make it happen. They're still fighting some of those gremlins, so hopefully I'm on the air. Uh, in any event, uh, 
Hello, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Glad you're there. Glad you're with us. Um, also, hello to Desi Doyen, our producer, my co-host on the Green News Report. Desi Doyen, you will be back with us later. Yes, I will. With the Green News Report as, um, well, really a number of important stories. One of them is really, really troubling to me. What is going on in Nevada with solar uh, and uh, the the big government that is basically killing the solar industry in Nevada. I suspect the folks on the right are furious about this, <laughs> about the idea that they're putting these companies out of business with these uh, big new regulations. Yeah, you'd think. But not so much. You'd think they'd have a problem with that. Not so much, apparently, as we will discuss in our uh, Green News report upcoming. Um, okay, but first, before all of that, uh, after the 2000 election debacle in Florida, as we discussed in uh, some detail yesterday uh, on on the broadcast uh, with my guest, Dr. John Allen, Allen Paulos, the mathematician from Temple University, who blames himself, by the way, to this day, he blames himself uh, for George W. Bush's quote unquote victory in the state of Florida and the Supreme Court shutting down the counting of ballots in the Sunshine State. But after that debacle, the U.S. Congress eventually passed the Help America Vote Act, or HAVA, in response. That allocated nearly $4 billion to, I got to use a lot of quotes, to quote unquote upgrade our nation's voting systems to electronic systems. Yes, some of the very things that caused the problems in Florida, they use those for quote-unquote solutions afterwards uh, across the country. It has been disastrous, as listeners to the Bradcast know, as readers of bradblog.com know. Now, at the time, those of us who objected to moving to these electronic systems, whether they're touchscreen systems or paper ballot systems that are counted by computer, as they are in pretty much every single state— At the time, those of us who objected, uh, particularly to the 100 percent unverified touchscreen systems, were told that such systems were needed because, well, the blind and the disabled voters, they need to be able to vote independently, just like everyone else. So everyone has to use these terrible, crappy systems for reasons unknown. Never mind that if, you know, disabled users want to use unverifiable systems, they may do so. But we don't have to force the rest of the nation uh, and the voters, you know, all across the country to use these same proprietary systems made by a few private companies that are easily hacked, that often fail either through malfeasance or just plain malfunction. But if you objected to their use back then, people would tell you that, oh, you must have something against disabled voters. Why do you hate blind people? They would ask. They really did. Well, another version of that same scheme has been at work for some years in the push now to move to Internet voting, which is even less transparent, less overseeable, less secure. It is 100 percent unverifiable by voters after an election. It it just simply cannot be overseen by the public. And if you bother to listen to the world's foremost computer science and security experts on this matter, as I do, it cannot be made secure using today's Internet. Nonetheless, in the chase for more profits for voting system vendors or, as you'll hear from often, from Democratic Party proponents of such a scheme, 
to improve voter turnout. These schemers and profiteers now trying to force Internet voting on us are using a similar Trojan horse to that, uh, oh, got to do it for the blind people thing. Now, it's military voters overseas. They have to use the Internet to vote, we are told. And if you're against that, well, you must hate the troops. Before, you hated the blind people. Now, you hate the troops if you're against Internet voting. The military is being used to introduce Internet voting across the nation at the federal level. And now, once again, out here in California with the most electoral votes in the nation out here in California and where our voting systems are often first adopted and brought to other states across the country. What is most insidious about this latest effort? A deceptive, insidious well-funded, did I mention it was deceptive, ballot initiative. This will go straight on to the ballot, uh, and it is well-funded, so it looks like it, you know, very likely to uh, get the signatures needed and to go on. This deceptive ballot initiative has just come to my attention, uh, and, well, it's called the Election Data Security and Military Ballot Access Act. Notice it doesn't have the word Internet voting anywhere in it. It's the Election Data Security and Military Ballot Access Act. That's how it's currently titled by the high-priced law firm Olson, Hagel, and Fishburn LLP, who have now turned this in. Uh, They submitted this to the California Attorney General Kamala Harris just before uh, the holidays last month. And it attempts to deceptively force Internet voting into the state of California. And it uses the old uh, military voting scheme, that old saw, as well as a new one. It never uses in this 46 page initiative. They never describe what they are about to do as Internet voting. They describe it instead as, quote, secure electronic delivery of vote by mail ballots. It's not Internet voting. It's secured, securely delivered vote by mail. That's all it is. Uh, this thing is absolutely amazing. It is deceptive. It is dishonest. And yes, it is well-funded. It's unclear who is behind this effort at the moment. It only came to my attention yesterday. I've been talking to a lot of people since then. But as the comment period for this initiative at the attorney general's office out here in California, uh, that ends on Thursday. So before it's officially titled and approved for signature gathering, I need to get the word out about this. I want to get the word out there to voters in California as well as to the rest of the country about what they're doing, this 46-page rewrite of election code to do away with all of the protections that we have against Internet voting currently uh, in our election code to allow this commission of supposed experts that will be appointed by someone to come in and push Internet voting across the entire state. And that means once it's across the entire state, it is also going to be across the entire country. So you need to know about this. This will affect you either via this scam that they're trying to force in California or coming to a precinct near you via similar scam artists using the same deceptive means to sell you on Internet voting. What? No, I didn't mean Internet voting. I meant securely delivered vote by mail. 
securely delivered electronic vote by mail. Joining us right now to discuss this uh, is, uh, man, is Jim Soper. He's the creator and author of the election integrity website CountedAsCast.org. He is co-chair of the Voting Rights Task Force Force in the uh, San Francisco East Bay. And he has otherwise been working on issues of election integrity for 11 years in California and beyond. I believe he is actually up at the Capitol in Sacramento today, uh, coincidentally, not to discuss this ballot initiative, but actually to, to lobby against a legislative initiative trying to push Internet voting here as well from Democratic Assemblyman Phil Ting of San Francisco. That's AB877. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, but first, uh, Jim Soper, welcome to the broadcast, my friend. Hi, Brad. Well, how are you doing? I, you know, I want to talk about what you actually are in Sacramento for, but I want to talk about this initiative, uh, this ballot initiative. This is an entirely new animal. I don't know if you heard my introduction there. Have I accurately described what seems to be going on with it and the, way, and the deceptive way that they're trying to sell this as something other than an Internet voting scheme for, for the entire state? You nailed it. Um, just to be perfectly clear. You have to go, they talk about the electronic delivery of vote-by-mail ballots for 43 pages. Mm -hmm. It's not until you get to page 44 that you see that they eliminate section 19205 of the election code, which says that thou shalt not use the internet and thou shalt not use wireless. Throughout 43 pages, they say, we just want it for electronic delivery of overseas vote-by-mail ballots. This one section, they wipe the whole thing out with no, yep. no specificity about just for our thing. They just want to open the door for Internet voting. And, 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 that's what doing. and, and this was uh, the, the part of the code you mentioned. Uh, no part of the voting system shall be connected to the Internet at any time. No part of the voting system shall electronically receive or transmit election data through an exterior communications network. This is all just crossed out entirely at the end of the four, on the 45th page of this 46-page uh, monstrosity. And this was the stuff that was uh, put in there uh, after the, sec- the state of California, Secretary former Secretary of State Deborah Bowen did uh, a landmark review of every electronic system from top to bottom. The top to bottom review, they called it, found that every single one of them was hackable within 30 and or 60 seconds all the way to the central tabulator. These are the same machines that are used everywhere in the country. She insisted that no part of the voting system shall be connected to the Internet, and this thing just crosses it out and says, hey, yeah, let's cast ballots on the Internet. What could possibly go wrong? I, I just okay. So as as a longtime tech expert here and an election integrity advocate, Jim Soper, what are your general concerns about internet voting? Why is this uh, such a concern to you and other uh, you know all really basically all of the other uh, computer security uh, scientists and security experts that I've talked to? What are your concerns? Well, uh, one just use common sense and just read the paper. All the time they're talking about hackers getting to the CIA, the NATO, FBI, the big banks. Just every week you're seeing something. And there's no way that an underfounded, uh, overworked county elections office, such as where you're at, Los Angeles, 
can possibly hold out with, if they have an election server that's on the Internet, somebody's going to break in. We know this. We know this from an example that was in 2010 in Washington, D.C., where they put mm-hmm. one of these systems up on the Internet and said, okay, have at it. And within 36 hours, University of Michigan specialists broke in, mm-hmm. and they took complete, complete control of the passwords, the email list, the, the video cameras, they had complete control of everything. And it was just within 36 hours, they controlled everything. There's no way that a county elections office is going to keep out the Chinese cyber army or Mr. Putin's forces or whoever else, some kids sitting in a, in a basin someplace. They can't keep them out. And given that the votes are centralized, especially in, again, Los Angeles County, which is the largest voting community in the country, somebody gets in there, they flip LA, they flip California. If they flip California, they flip the country. So it's having all of this centralized and exposed on the internet that really, really gives me worries. You mentioned that uh, 2010 uh, hack, uh, actually by white hat hackers back in uh, in 2010 when the uh, Washington DC was about to go live with an internet voting system for the military. And the, uh, the tech experts uh, and voting experts of the world said, please, let us let us test it. Let us hack it. Let us try to hack it. They set up a mock uh, election, essentially. And as you point out, within hours, they had completely taken over the system, changed the passwords, took over the cameras in the control room where the computer was uh, and, and changed all the passwords added the Michigan fight song to the end so that if you went to vote on the system, you'd hear the Michigan fight song. And while and they t- told us while they were in there, they saw that also computers from Iran, computers from China were also in the system as well, trying to manipulate the system. This has been tried and failed over and over again, and it makes me frankly so furious, as you can tell, to see this happening again and to see this high-priced law firm, we don't know who is behind it. Uh, I'm trying to learn that. Uh, but again, I suspect, it, it, I actually suspect it is Democrats. Democrats think they can, uh, you know, increase turnout. I don't know that there's any evidence that uh, Internet voting would actually increase turnout, but I think that's what they think. We see it from some Republicans in red states. They want to go to uh, Internet voting because they believe it increases their voters. It's maddening. Jim Soper, the other uh, point here, uh, well, there's many, but one of the other points here is that I've been speaking to a lot of folks, as I said, over the past 24 hours about this. One person uh, pointed out to me that this ballot initiative, if it becomes law, would be almost impossible to amend thereafter. I don't know if you saw this, Jim, but on the very last page, last page, uh, page 46, Uh, The provisions of this act may be amended to carry out its purpose and intent by a unanimous recommendation from the Election Data Security Commission. So they're going to create this commission on their own, and it has to be unanimous before they change anything. Um, uh, Or uh, the state legislature, by two-thirds vote of each house of the legislature, and then signed by the governor. They are making this impossible to get rid of once it is in. Now, I... 
you know, what would you like to see? I'm going to give out the address so that people can contact uh, the the attorney general out here in California to at least get them to change the title, the name of this thing, so people can know it is not a military ballot access act. It is not about election data security. It is about Internet voting. But what would... uh, what would you like to see uh, done with this initiative? Uh, what would you like people to tell the uh, Office of Attorney General Kamala Harris about it, Jim Soper? Well, they need to go to the Office of the Attorney General, oag.ca.gov, and search for um, an initiative 15-0118. Uh, search for it, find it, and put in a comment. The Attorney General is allowed to adjust the title and the description of the initiative that goes onto the ballot. And they need to call it what it is, an Internet voting initiative. Um, that's that's for start. If they can put in the re- really what it is, very dangerous for a democracy, that would be even better. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, okay. that's the start. Well, and it- I, I, I it, it just seems like Democrats should know better, but apparently they don't. So contact once again. Let me uh, repeat that information: oag.ca.gov, uh, and they have the initiatives up there. The active measures on Thursday. The comment period ends, uh, but it is initiative number one five dash o one one eight fifteen dash o one one eight at the uh, California Attorney General's website, which is oag.ca.gov. I'll put that link up at bradblog.com. We spoke with the office earlier. I wanted to get a phone number as well, since it was such a late date here, and I know a lot of people aren't able to contact via, uh, you know, the Internet, the web. They don't have a phone number uh, where this can be done, I am told. Uh, But you can email them as well, initiative.coordinator.com at doj.ca.gov. And as Jim Soper uh, suggests, uh, tell them, at the very least, title it accurately. Uh, as an Internet voting bill, I would put, uh, I'd call it the Internet voting scheme of 2016, if it was up to me. Uh, but Jim, I know you're up in uh, in Sacramento at the Capitol, as I understand it. Actually, you are going to be there today uh, to uh, to lobby against this democratic initiative in the in the legislature from uh, Democratic Assemblyman Phil Ting, who was told several years ago that this was a terrible idea. He's doing it again. Now he's trying to push a, a a bill for internet voting. Really? He was. Um, the good news is that well, it's actually got kind of tense. The hearing was in the Assembly Elections Committee this morning, and the Voting Rights Task Force was there for the fourth time now, mm-hmm. and Secretary Padilla's representative was there. We all spoke against, and it went three in favor, three against, and the seventh person wasn't there. We had the lease, so it's like going into overtime, tied, and we were on edge wondering what the last vote was going to be. And then finally, Adrian Nazarian, who is from Van Nuys, abstained. An abstention is good as a no vote. The thing wound up being 3-3-1. It did not pass, and it will not pass this year. It's dead. We beat it. And we beat it because a lot of people across the state got together and they showed up 
on the internet that showed up in email. They showed up in person and said, "Don't do this," and we blocked it. What and was? We continue to block it. Well, congratulations on that, on stopping it for now in the California State Legislature, uh, if if not uh, stopping it on a ballot initiative. But what was Phil Ting's? What and is it congressman, liberal congressman, I guess from San Francisco? Uh, what the hell? What, what? 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 Did he testify in favor of this bill? What is his reasoning for wanting this bill, even after he's been told by virtually every computer security expert in the world that this is a terrible idea? What's his own testimony? What? Why does he want this? Um, because he thinks it'll increase turnout. Because it's the future, the way things are going to be. We all bank online. We do a whole bunch of things online. So why not vote online? And historically, he was um, in charge of the tax system in San Francisco, and he put that online and got a lot of credit for updating the, their tax office there. Uh, got a lot of credit, a lot of pluses for that, so he's sort of trying to do the same thing with, with unfortunately, our elections. And this is much more vulnerable and a bigger disaster if it gets hacked into. But he's, I think he's sincere. I think he wants to do this for good reasons and maybe to increase vote. Only data out of British Columbia and Norway uh, sort of show it doesn't really increase turnout. But that's another issue. Well, no, it doesn't. It, when they tried it in, uh, in in Honolulu a year, a couple of years ago, uh, the, the turnout plummeted from 83 percent down to 18 percent. When they tried it on the Oscar voting, it was an absolute disaster, Internet voting. And you can read about yeah. all, both of those at Bradblog.com. And yeah. I know that he's been told, you know, I might have said Phil Ting and we'll try to get him on the show. And I'd love to hear what he has to say. But, I, you know, I might have said he, he, he was... Uh, sincere a few years ago when he first tried it, but now I know that he has been told about these dangers, that internet voting is not like internet banking. When you bank, when you put some money in, uh, you know, to the bank, to the ATM, you can look at the the, uh, transaction later to make sure they got it right. The bank can look at it. The credit card companies can look at it. It's transparent. We have a secret ballot. That's different when when you're voting. Because we have a secret ballot, it is not like banking. It is a totally different animal. Once you drop your vote into that box, it's gone. And there is no way to make sure that it was tallied accurately thereafter. And that's the way it should be. We need a secret ballot. That said, that is what makes Internet voting and electronic voting totally different from Internet banking. And Phil Ting has been told this by now, and I'm not sure why he doesn't understand it. Uh, In any event, Jim Soper, I got to get out. I I really appreciate uh, your work on this, going up there to Sacramento uh, successfully, it seems, for now killing Phil Ting's thing. Uh, as we, we've called it before, Ting's thing. Now we got to focus on this uh, insidious ballot initiative, this deceptive ballot initiative currently called 15-0118, uh, the Election Data Security and Military Ballot Access Act. Go to uh, the attorney general at oag.ca.gov, oag.ca.gov. And tell them to title this accurately. Uh, Jim Soper, uh, always uh, great to talk to you, my friend. Thanks for all the good work you do. Thank you. 
Check out Jim Soper's work at CountedAsCast.org. Okay, we'll take a quick break. We'll try to come back with the State of the Union uh, and your calls, your thoughts on it at 818-985-5735, 818-985-5735. Or if you want to talk about this matter, uh, give us a call as well. Or really, you know what? Anything else. Anything else. All our plans are are, uh, are are blown away uh, because of this, because this damn thing uh, and and the uh, comment period that ends tomorrow, this internet voting scheme that will never die. It needs to die. We got to keep it out. It's hard enough fighting against these electronic voting systems, whether they're touchscreen or paper ballots. Man, I, you know what? Just go back and listen to some of the broadcasts from the past week. Go to bradblog.com, download what we've been talking about. Bernie fans, Hillary fans, Trump fans, Marco Rubio fans. You're concerned about the votes for your candidate being counted, counted accurately, and in a way that they can, uh, you can know it's been counted accurately. The system we have in place right now is a disaster. These people want to make it worse? Are you kidding me? This is the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Stay tuned. <laughs> Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free broadcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com donate to help us out today. It was uh, it was part pep rally, part victory speech, part campaign stump speech, part goodbye speech, part gentle spanking that he said at the outset would not be a laundry list of agenda items for the next year as per usual State of the Union addresses. But instead, as President Obama said, I want to focus on the next five years, 10 years and beyond. I want to focus on the future, said Barack Obama. In President Obama's final State of the Union address to Congress on Tuesday night, he spelled out four big questions that we as a country have to answer regardless of who the next president is or who controls the next Congress. Uh, He said, first, how do we give everyone a fair shot at opportunity and security in this new economy? Second, how do we make technology work for us and not against us, especially when it comes to solving urgent challenges like climate change? Third, how do we keep America safe and lead the world without becoming its policeman? 
Finally, how can we make our politics reflect what's best in us and not what's worse? Now, I had uh, quite a few clips I'd hoped to play. That previous segment uh, kind of uh, knocked us out, uh, put us uh, behind in all regards here. And I see that a lot of you are calling up and want to talk about what we just discussed. So I'm going to get to that and your calls very momentarily. Let's do this, uh, G. Let's just go, since we're talking about elections and since uh, President Obama won of the themes that he discussed was the problem with our electoral system. Let's go ahead and at least play that much from his speech, and then I will get to your calls at 818-985-5735. Oh, yeah, this is the Bradcast, and I'm Brad Friedman. You can also, by the way, tweet us uh, if you can't get through on the phones right now. Uh, I am the Brad blog on the Twitters. All right, here was uh, President Obama last night calling for fixing our broken electoral system. If we want a better politics, it's not enough just to change a congressman or change a senator or even change a president. We have to change the system to reflect our better selves. I think we've got to end the practice of drawing our congressional districts so that politicians can pick their voters and not the other way around. Let a bipartisan group do it. I believe we've got to reduce the influence of money in our politics so that a handful of families or hidden interests can bankroll our election. And if our existing approach to campaign finance reform can't pass muster in the courts, we need to work together to find a real solution, because it's a problem. And most of you don't like raising money. I know. I've done it. We've got to make it easier to vote, not harder. We need to modernize it for the way we live now. This is America. We want to make it easier for people to participate. And over the course of this year, I intend to travel the country to push for reforms that do just that. But I can't do these things on my own. Changes in our political process, in not just who gets elected, but how they get elected, that will only happen when the American people demand it. It depends on you. That's what's meant by a government of, by, and for the people. What I'm suggesting is hard. It's a lot easier to be cynical to accept that change is not possible, and politics is hopeless. And the problem is, all the folks who are elected don't care, and to believe that our voices and our actions don't matter. But if we give up now, then we forsake a better future. Those with money and power will gain greater control over the decisions that could send a young soldier to war, or allow another economic disaster, or roll back the equal rights and voting rights that generations of Americans have fought, even died to secure. And then, as frustration grows, there will be voices urging us to fall back into our respective tribes, to scapegoat fellow citizens who don't look like us, or pray like us, or vote like we do, or share the same background. 
We can't afford to go down that path. It won't deliver the economy we want. It will not produce the security we want. But most of all, it contradicts everything that makes us the envy of the world. That was President Obama at his final State of the Union address on Tuesday night talking about, uh, uh, well, obviously problems with our political and our electoral systems, something that we talk a lot about on this show and at bradblog.com. Perhaps uh, exclusively in comparison to the rest of the media, who talks about the horse race rather than the track conditions. I know a lot of you want to get in on this conversation after my rant in that last segment, 818-985-5735. Let's get to as many of you as we can. If you want to talk about that, what uh, Obama said at the State of the Union or anything else, love to hear from you. Let's go to uh, Don in Santa Monica. Hey, Don, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you. Um, I wanted to say that the only way to count a fair vote is to count it by hand, to go back to the way it was always done before and not um, not do it with computers. And, uh, you know, that's the first step in correcting our system. Yeah. Getting money out of the system is another issue. Saving the post office, electing Bernie Sanders would be good. Maybe if the media would give more fair time across the board to all the candidates, including Bernie Sanders, Mm -hmm. uh, that would be great. Thanks. uh, Thanks, Don. I really appreciate that. Uh, Yeah. uh, And it's not so much as uh, Bev Harris. We spoke with her last week with the uh, primaries now upcoming. It's not so much, you know, any particular machine. It's the idea that the people need to be able to oversee their own elections and to know that ballots are counted and to know that they're counted accurately. And even with a hand marked paper ballot, when you run it through a computer, to uh, scan it, to count it, you can't know if it, the computer uh, counted it correctly unless it is counted by hand. Joe in uh, Hawthorne, welcome to the broadcast, sir. What's on your mind? Uh, yes, uh, good afternoon, Brad. Uh, yes, I, uh, I believe that the only way you could really make this work is that you, you would have to have a printed copy with a unique number on the ballot that each voter leaves the voting booth with. Uh, then those votes would be run through the machines, counted whatsoever, but all the votes that came in, those unique numbers would be displayed somewhere. It could be on cable TV, over the Internet. If a voter looks for his number and Mm -hmm. finds out that his votes do not match the votes that are on his ballot, then there's a problem. Joe, why, uh, well, for one, uh, that's that's one of the reasons why we don't give people a receipt or that unique number, because it would allow them to leave the voting booth and sell their vote, to buy or sell your vote. Uh, If your boss may tell you, I want to see proof that you voted for Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders, or you'll be fired. Uh, That's why we don't do that. That's why we don't make it so that you can go and, and show how you voted later, whether it's a receipt or a unique number. It leads to vote buying, vote selling, intimidation. You know, an abusive husband can tell the wife, you better vote this way or else. So I'm wondering why you go to that immediately, Joe, instead of saying, yeah, you know what? Why don't we let them just hand mark their ballots and count them at the precinct? Done. End of story. Why do we need this rocket science that you're you're describing here, Joe, to count our, our votes? Yeah. Well, it, it's 
for one thing, I think you're never going to be able to count out some type of fix or something going on. And I'll just use the example of when voting, voters are disallowed and, you know, different groups hire companies to come in to actually look through the voter polls to figure out who they can throw out. Uh, and it's just, it's open for manipulation. But, but what does that have to, well, uh, it, it, but it can't be manipulated if you've got everybody in the world, all political parties looking at it at the uh, precinct before the ballots are moved anywhere. You can videotape the entire process. If there's a question about how a ballot was counted, you can go back and you can look at the videotape. You can count those ballots again. It's the simple solution. I don't understand why uh, uh, people uh, try to make it so difficult, why they think it needs to be so difficult. Joe, I appreciate uh, the call. I want to get to some other folks here because there's a – yeah, I'm sorry. You... All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Joe. Um, I, there's just a lot of people ringing in uh, here on all of the above, so let me try to get to as many as I can here. Uh, Carlos in uh, Carson. Hey, Carlos, welcome to the broadcast. What's on your mind, sir? Well, you know, I stopped listening to State of the Union speeches. I stopped listening to, to debates between Republicans and Democrats. Why? Because politicians don't run our, 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 our government. The financial elite of the world are in control. They decide what's going to happen, who's going to get voted in. They decide what the outcome is going to be. And you can, you, the status quo is going to be maintained. You can make sure that there's going to be more wars, expansion of wars, there's going to be expansion of our debt. You're going to be see the outsourcing of our jobs further. You're going to see more illegal immigration. You're going to see more social chaos. You can bet on it no matter who gets in, whether the Republican, Democrat. And by the way, I already think they got their man. Their man is going to be Jeb Bush, okay? Okay. He's already been picked. Carlos, do you, He's do one you, of the blind leaders. Do you, do you vote? Oh, yes, I do, but reluctantly. Okay. Not reluctantly. No, no. I, I voted for Ron Paul. I think that was the last time I voted. Good. All right. Well, I, I, the reason I ask is because all of the things that you're concerned about when you say you tune out, you don't listen to the State of the Union, you don't listen to the uh, the debates and so forth, uh, when people tune out of the electoral process, and I certainly understand why people do that, but when they tune out and then when they don't vote, which is your right, and I support your right to not vote, just as long as you know that when you don't vote, and I know that you said you did, but when you don't vote, all of those people, those bankers, those warmongers, exactly the people that you're worried about, they are delighted. They don't want you to vote. If the uh, people of these United States, if everyone who was eligible to vote showed up to vote, We'd end the wars. We'd end. Uh, we'd we'd break up the banks. We'd put these guys out of business. We'd get rid of the you know the private healthcare profiteers in the private insurance business. Uh, I I just worry when people say that they're uh, that they're tuning out. I totally understand why. Uh, but I hope you'll at least stay tuned in enough uh, to cast a vote against those bad guys. Because when you, you don't vote, our, you yeah. think our vote really counts? You think our vote really counts? Oh yeah. They already got their- Oh yeah. Oh oh yeah, I absolutely think it counts. It doesn't it doesn't count automatically. You got to get in there and fight like hell. It's not enough to show up and vote. You got to vote. You got to make sure it gets counted. And uh you you're damn right. I believe it it counts. That's what the fight is for. It ain't going to be easy, Carlos. You got to fight for it, my friend. Do you remember the Collier brothers? Do you remember the Collier brothers? They found fraud in the elections uh-huh. and guess what? Yep. They died. <laughs> They were dismissed, demised, oh. okay? They found absolutely yeah. fraud in all these elections. 
Yeah, no, I, I know the Collier brothers. I, I know their uh, daughter, uh, Victoria, who has uh, picked this up uh, and, and is fighting for exactly this. She is fighting for electoral integrity across this country. We all have to, unless you want to give up. I'm just not willing to give up. I thanks, Thank you for the call, Carlos. I, I want to try to get to a couple more people here. Uh, oh, do I have time? Yes, uh, very quickly. Uh, Henry in Los Alamitos. Hey, Henry, welcome to the broadcast. Uh, very quickly, what's on your mind, sir? Okay, um, I think we need a voting day, and the voting day should be a holiday, uh, and it would be a Wednesday, not a Friday or a Monday where people take off for a weekend. Thank you. Yes, thank and, you. <laughs> oh, I, I, that's it? Well, you got another one? I, I totally agree with you. No, I, no, okay. I haven't finished. Uh, <laughs> plus, you've got all the people in the world on or off work that and they could count the paper ballots that day yep. and uh, as well as making sure that the provisional ballots might end up on the table they're counted and uh, i think that the, you would have uh, the results by by midnight yep i believe that you would uh, henry from los alamitos for secretary of state thank you sir i appreciate that a lot uh let me get to uh here we go um, uh, mike in la uh there we go uh, mike very quickly welcome to the broadcast what's on your mind sir two points once the canadians uh can count paper ballots they do find mm-hmm. second selling the internet uh, voting as a Boon for servicemen ignores 1944 when 12 million people were in uniform uh, and they all voted and their votes were counted. Somehow, somehow they managed to vote. They uh, managed to allow people in the military to vote even in the middle of uh, of a war. World War II. Imagine that. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate that call. Oh, is this? Uh, yeah, it looks like it is. Our, our friend uh, Mimi Kennedy, star of sitcom Mom. Uh, on, I want to say CBS. Am I right? Yeah, CBS. Yeah, hey, yeah, that's right. Hey, Mimi Kennedy, also uh, chair of, uh, chair, is that your position at uh, Progressive Democrats yeah, yeah, yeah. of America? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Hey, Mimi, welcome to uh, the broadcast. Good to talk to you. What's hey, up? Brad. I'm a constituent of Adrian Nazarian, and he's the guy who abstained on the elections committee today, making it a 3 3 vote, making sure that internet bill. The King's thing did not get out of committee. And I want to just reassure Carlos how that happened. Jim Soper, who you had on earlier, hipped me to this bill. I didn't know about it. I've been busy working. Mm -hmm. He hipped me to it over the weekend. We mobilized. They got 700 calls to the assembly in a couple of hours last night because of the mobilization of activists. And then this morning, Adrian Nazarian's aide called me and um, emailed me with one more, like, no, wouldn't it be good because of this? And I emailed him back, no, it wouldn't be good because of that. And the next thing I know, Soper called me and said he abstained, and um, this is 3-3. And I just want to give kudos to Ed Jean. He's a fairly new Assembly member, but he's not naive. Well, the last thing I want to say... Well, then, let me just just be clear, Mimi. That was the legislative effort for Internet voting. Meantime, this ballot initiative is still on, and uh, we got to let people know at oag.ca. Dot go. Light it up about okay. the AG. Yep. But the other thing I wanted is Obama's speech. Leave it to you, Brad, to highlight the thing that jumped out of me. This is an example of the confusion people have on voting and elections. Obama said, we got to modernize. we got to make it easy for you to vote. But everybody out there, I know it's hard what I'm asking you to do. So there's a disconnect there. 
elections cannot be completely easy and modern, i.e. Internet voting. You vote on your phone and forget about it. That way leads to fraud. What we need to do is a little harder than that, and we've got to learn how to be citizens, overseers of our own elections, eventually mean all paper ballots, and we're going to count them. But for right now, there's a lot of tips that we can do. Black Box Voting has them. You can look at the verifier map. But um, I just love you, Brad. You keep it going. But that was the disconnect in Obama's speech when he got to elections. Modernize, easier. And what I'm asking for you to do is hard. For what it's worth. For what it's worth. And thank you. I love you back, Mimi. Uh, I got to get to a break here. But let me just clarify one one point. Uh, He did call for modernizing uh, the voting systems. He had a presidential commission that uh, after the disastrous election of, uh, what was it, 2014, when people waited again, once again, for, uh, I should say 2012, waited for hours in line to vote. And that commission came back and did not recommend, I think to Obama's credit here, did not recommend Internet voting, but uh, recommended modernizing the system as far as registration goes. Computer, uh, you know, registering over the Internet, that's a different animal. That we can live with. That we can oversee. Internet voting is a whole different animal. So I'm going to choose for today just because I can't give myself any more of a heart attack, to assume that that's what he meant by modernized. Thanks, Mimi. I got to run. Great to to hear from you. Uh, The rest of you on the line, if you want, uh, stay tuned. We'll see if uh, we get some time after the Green News Report, but I got to get out. uh, So I may get to you, but I got to get out, get to a break here, and come back with the GNR and the delightful Desi Doyen to cheer us up, as she always does, with good news about the environment. (laughs) I'm Brad Friedman, and this is is your broadcast. Stay tuned. Stopping the world. Melting for Tessie Doyle. It's been a long time uh, since we've had a Green News report uh, live here on KPFK. I think it's them. the first this year. Is it the first this year? I believe year? it yeah. is. We've done them on uh, on the broadcast, but uh, they've been a fun drive at KPFK. Haven't been able to hear it. So anyway... You're back. Yes. With more uh, holiday cheer as ever. Welcome back to the Bradcast, by the way. Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com with Desi Doyen. Are you ready? Oh, yes. All right, let's do it. It is our latest Green News Report. This was the literal thing we had to do to put ourselves in front of a train to say, we will not take this anymore. Oil train protesters use necessity defense in oil train blockade. These new rates have made it impossible for us to operate as a business here. Huge setback for solar in Nevada. Extreme weather is extremely expensive. 2015 broke the record for the most expensive wildfires. Plus, another one bites the dust. Another big coal company goes bankrupt. All of those stories and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. For those of you who don't habla espanol, el niño is Spanish for the niño. (laughs) This is your Green News Report.
Okay, Desi Doyen, you always bring amazing stories, but today there's one in particular out of Nevada. Don't know if that's your first one, but it kind of blows my mind. Yep, in Nevada, the solar industry is leaving Las Vegas and the entire state. We were heartbroken that they made this choice to just rip the rug out from under thousands of customers, thousands of employees. These new rates have made it impossible for us to operate as a business here. That was a regional manager of industry leader Solar City after the Nevada Public Utilities Commission approved a recent request by Nevada's monopoly electric utility, NV Energy, to gut the state's solar net metering program. That pays rooftop solar owners for electricity that they deliver back to the grid. NV Energy also now gets to charge hefty new monthly fees to both new and existing customers. Solar City and other major residential rooftop solar companies have now now left Nevada, laying off thousands of workers. It was a somber, frustrating day as Solar City's crew tore down the same structure where they learned how to install solar panels. Our existing customers are no longer saving money. They're actually paying more than they would if they didn't have solar. Uh, so it's it's prevented us from being able to operate to to sales and installations here in Nevada. So this is an amazing story to me. These are people who put solar panels on their roof. Uh, they were promised a, a cut in electricity rates since sunshine is free. That's right. And it's happening from monopoly utilities all over the country. This is absolutely remarkable. I don't see how it stands, but I guess for now, uh, people in Nevada, where there is nothing but sun falling from the sky, by the way, they're just completely out of luck. This is amazing. That's right. In Washington state, the criminal trial begins this week for the Delta Five, five members of the climate action group Rising Tide Seattle, who locked themselves to railroad tracks in 2014 to block explosive oil trains from going through their county. For the first time ever, the presiding judge in the case will allow the Delta Five to use what's called the necessity defense, arguing that their blockade was necessary and justified because of the threat of climate change. That's according to climate activists Tim DeChristopher on Democracy Now!, who himself served time in federal prison for his own civil disobedience action that blocked oil drilling on public lands. This is the first time that defendants who have taken civil disobedience action will be able to present a full defense, including climate scientists and oil train uh, explosion experts, um, as well as sharing all their own testimony about why they were driven to take this action. Meanwhile, extreme weather is extremely expensive. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration announced that 2015 saw 10 extreme weather events that caused at least $1 billion or more in damage in the U.S. There were only $8 billion weather disasters in 2014. The $10 billion or more disasters in 2015 included drought, floods, wildfires, and extreme winter and spring storms. The record was 16 events in 2011. 2015 was also the biggest and most expensive wildfire season in U.S. history. The U.S. Forest Service announced that wildfires last year burned a record 10 million acres, and for the first time, they had to use more than half of their budget on firefighting, forced to siphon funds away from fire prevention programs to pay the rising costs. The agency has requested Congress to increase their budget and designate wildfires as natural disasters like hurricanes and floods, but so far to no avail. 
Finally, another one bites the dust. Arch Coal, the nation's second largest coal mining company, filed for bankruptcy on Monday, the latest in a string of high-profile coal industry bankruptcies in the U.S. U.S. coal production has fallen to its lowest levels since the mid-80s, thanks in part to new pollution standards, but mostly due to the glut of cheaper, cleaner-burning natural gas and lack of demand from China. Arch Coal's stock price crashed from 260 bucks a share in 2011 to now less than a dollar. Yeah, well, it ain't over yet. If we have to take off all the solar panels, we may need that coal, man. For much more on all of the stories we covered today and the ones we couldn't get to, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. And this has been your Green News Report. Another one buys the dust. Another one buys the dust. And another one gone. And another one gone. Another one buys the dust. Hey, hey, gonna get you too. Well, there you go. Another one bites the dust. And I want to figure out more on that Nevada story, Desi Doyen, because it is driving me absolutely bonkers that uh, the right wingers uh, are, 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 well, they are big government and they are regulating these uh, solar companies out of business. It is just amazing. Do I have, uh, let me do this really quick. Hey, I uh, hope she can be quick. Hey, Marlene, uh, 15 seconds. Uh, welcome to the broadcast. Go take the 15 seconds, please. Marlene in Hello. Valley Village, are you there? Yes. Yeah, I'm here, Brad. Okay. You got me? Yeah, go. I got okay, you. I just wanna, okay, I just want to say real quick for everybody watching Sabbath Smiling this, this week, it's all on uh, what's happening to black people in this country. And I want to say President Obama was very disappointing last night. He didn't bring up the 51% of blacks and have no employment. He has let down the black people, and we should be. he should be ashamed. Well done, Marlene. Thank you. And and all done in 15 seconds. Brilliantly done. My thanks to Desi Doyen, our producer, to uh, Cynthia Cohn, our booking goddess, to Jim Soper uh, for for fighting the good fight at CountedAsCast.org. Stay tuned for John Wiener in the 4 o'clock report. He'll be talking about State of the Union. Well, he'll also be talking about David Bowie. So there's a reason to stick around. We'll be back with you, same Brad time, same Brad channel tomorrow. If you missed any portion of today's program, download it at bradblog.com or over at iTunes. Drop me email. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on Facebook and Twitter, I am the Brad Blog. All right, we'll see you soon. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.